Welcome to Fronteras, a program that explores issues at the border and beyond through the lens of arts, culture, and history. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio. Maria Martin died on Saturday, December 2nd, at age 72. She was a pioneer for Latinos in journalism and fought her entire career to bring more diversity to newsrooms and to spotlight important stories from underrepresented regions like Central America. We spoke to Martin several times on this program, and we're going to hear some highlights from those conversations. The first time we spoke to Maria Martin was in November 2020. We were discussing her memoir, Crossing Borders, Building Bridges, A Journalist's Heart in Latin America. Here, she talks about her start in radio and in journalism. That happened in the early 70s, the mid-70s, in Northern California, when I was just tuning into the radio one day, and I heard something I never heard before. It was in English and in in Spanish, and it played reggae and rancheras, and it had public affairs programs in English and in Spanish and dedicas, and it was the first thing that I'd ever heard on the media in this country that truly reflected who I was as a bicultural person uh, who spoke English and Spanish and had many, many experiences. So this was radio station KBVF, which was the first Latino-owned and operated public radio station in this country, founded in 1972. And I do believe I started being a volunteer there on a program called Somos Chicanas, That was one of the first programs, I think, uh, probably either in English or in Spanish, that uh, reflected the reality of Latina women. So we were college-educated Latinas, a collective of us, uh, who were trying to speak not only to people like us, but also to the women who were the wives of the farm workers or the farm workers themselves in the wine country of Northern California. But when I discovered radio, I discovered that information was as important, perhaps, than a welfare check or a Medicare card, because it gave you the information that people didn't get in those days, especially if they were Spanish-speaking, especially if they were in the marginalized farm worker population that their world consisted of working in the field and maybe a place like a a bar at night where they could socialize. But KBBF took them to the outside world, gave them information, gave them information about the world, gave them information that could help them and with music and the ability for them to call in and participate either in an entertainment show or in a public affairs show, it validated their experience as human beings. Well, it seems like KBBF was a pretty comfortable place to embrace that biculturalness that you were experiencing, that you were living. But when you moved outside of that bubble and you went to NPR, you found that building bridges there was 
quite difficult. And you touched upon that a little bit. And for those who might be familiar with public radio as it is now, it sounds a little bit more diverse. Can you take us back to those days when it wasn't? Well, my first experience outside of KBBF was at California Public Radio in Sacramento. And then I worked at KUOW in Seattle and then had other experiences before NPR. But in all of these places, what I found was even in this bastion of what a lot of people say is liberal thinking, that there was a lot of resistance to change, a lot of feeling like we know the situation and you don't, and you need to prove yourself. So for many, many people, not only myself, but many people of color working in public radio in the 80s, in the 90s, and sometimes (laughs) even today, they were not as welcome. Their ideas were not as respected as their white colleagues. So it's a process. But unfortunately, it's been a very slow process. And I I believe in what I say in the book is that perhaps if public radio had been more open to change, because it was slower to change than even commercial radio, commercial media, you know, the growth of Spanish language media in the 80s and in the 90s was phenomenal. But public radio remained pretty static in their embrace of diversity so that there might have been some token hires, et cetera. So this is still something that is very vital for all of the Latino podcasts and the increased number of Latino voices that we hear, yay. But I'm still wondering what the numbers are in terms of those key decision-making positions, not only at NPR and the other networks, but all along in these individual radio stations as well, because when I left Texas to move to Guatemala at Texas Public Radio, there was very few Latino voices, except for the the late Ernie Villarreal, God bless him. But in a city with such a high Latino population, this was a notable lack of representation. And thank God that that is changing. Maria Martin is perhaps best known for founding and producing Latino USA at NPR. In this clip from a November 2020 interview, she talks about why there was a need for Latino programming. My forte for the first 30 years of my radio life was telling the rest of America about Latinos, that we did have these connections to Latin America, but that's what I focused on to try to make the Latino beat as real a beat, as respected a beat, as covering health or sports or any other area. Then I worked for the Latin American News Service. Uh, When I went to NPR, I was the first 
and only Latino affairs editor on the national desk. And then I left to create the program Latino USA. And the idea of Latino USA was for the rest of America to understand Latinos in all of our beauty and all of our pain, uh, news about Latinos to celebrate Latino culture, and also to introduce the different Latino groups to each other and basically to have a place on public radio that reflected this reality. You're listening to a special edition of Fronteras, remembering pioneering public radio journalist Maria Martin. After leaving NPR, Martin decided to live in and report on Guatemala. There, she founded the Gracias Vida Center for Journalists. In this clip from a November 2022 interview, she explains why she moved to a country that's been ravaged by civil war and from which thousands of migrants flee each year. Guatemala is a place that I visited at first, long before I became a journalist, and I was just blown away by its beauty, by its extremely diverse culture. Over half of the population is indigenous. So this is one place in the Americas where the indigenous people haven't been wiped out. They are marginalized. It's like South Africa and apartheid. Here is a majority of the population, but they are discriminated against. They have the highest rates of child malnutrition in terms of education and other norms. They are the last in the population, but they have survived. The other thing was I was leaving uh, at that point some 30 years of public radio and the resistance to change that I mentioned and the office politics that that there are. And I was I was tired, right? But in addition to that, I had a project to produce called Central America After the Wars, Después de las Guerras. Because when I came to Guatemala, it was not only to to produce this series and to inform that key audience of decision makers in public radio about Central America and about why the Central American population has risen in numbers in the U.S. But also, I had begun to train journalists on a Fulbright and a Knight International Fellowship grant a couple of years earlier on a leave from Latino USA. And that was such a wonderful experience. It was not so much what I was giving to them in terms of of skill sharing, but what they were giving to me in terms of really getting to know a country from the point of view of not only people who lived in the capital, but people who lived in the rural areas and the challenges that they faced as as journalists done training in Uruguay and Nicaragua, a little bit in Argentina, a little bit in Mexico, but mostly in El Salvador and Nicaragua, but mostly in Guatemala. And this has been so very fulfilling. And yes, the Gracias Vida Center for Media both was established to continue informing 
the public radio audience about Central America, though sometimes <laughs> the decision makers uh, are not interested in Central America. I found that, so then I basically have, for the great part of the last 15 years, focused more on, on training journalists. You're listening to our past conversations with public radio journalist Maria Martin. Martin died December 2nd. We'll be back with more. Stay with us on Fronteras. Welcome back to Fronteras. I'm Norma Martinez. Award-winning public radio journalist Maria Martin was the first Latina editor at NPR's National Desk. She founded the public radio program Latino USA. She spent the last several years living in Guatemala, training journalists at the Gracias Vida Center for Media. Today, we are remembering Maria Martin through some of our past conversations. In this clip from September 2022, she talks about the importance of training indigenous journalists how to tell their own stories. And as in, in, in many places in Latin America for a very long time, it's beginning to change little by little. But the news, you know, came out of the capital, right? And so in places like Guatemala, people who brought the news to the great majority of the population were often on the job trained, right? They didn't have a university education or a college degree. And in addition to that, they were more often in more danger than the journalists of the mainstream or the elite media or whatever you want to call it in the capital. So one of the things that I've done during this time that I've worked with journalists is to try to bring the journalists together so that there's more more unity. One of the challenges to journalists there is forging unity as well as the need for training. As that has evolved as journalists in the indigenous and the rural areas have gained access to digital skills and access to getting their information out. The censorship, the oppression of this information um, has gotten worse. Five of my students, not only in Guatemala, but in mostly in Guatemala, but one in Nicaragua, you know, five people that I knew intimately that are dead for the work that that they do. And now it's getting worse. You're listening to a special edition of Fronteras, remembering pioneering public radio journalist Maria Martin. Martin traveled frequently to San Antonio and Austin, and here is where she trained even more journalists at the Esperanza Peace and Justice Center, a feminist, politically progressive, and outspoken cultural organization on San Antonio's primarily Mexican-American West Side. She spoke about that effort last July. So the Esperanza Peace and Justice Center has a low-power community radio station. I started in community radio at the first Latino-owned and operated public radio station in the U.S. That was KBBF in Santa Rosa, California, in the wine country. So I love this idea of having an alternative voice, another alternative voice in San Antonio for the Latino community, for news, for 
those voices to be heard, San Antonio voices. So I've been I've been training uh, people connected to the Esperanza in radio production, and uh, hopefully in the next few months I'll also be working with them to continue with that and to maybe work on a on a format that reflects community issues, community concerns, and and is another medium for different kinds of voices and expressions to to be heard. So I'm really excited about that. Maria Martin's classes at the Esperanza abruptly ended when she died December 2nd. Next week, Martin's former students at the Esperanza join us on this program to share memories about their brief, unfinished mentorship. We'll finish our tribute to Maria Martin with one last clip from a November 2020 interview about her memoir, Crossing Borders, Building Bridges, A Journalist's Heart in Latin America. In your book, you you express almost a kind of regret that you really wish you could have done more to try to bring that Latino voice more to the forefront in your career. But just listening to everything that you've said and reading about everything that you've done, I think you've gone above and beyond <laughs> what what could be humanly possible. I think a lot of people would have probably given up the fight because it's just a constant uphill climb. But things have changed. And it's largely in part to your efforts, I think. Well, thank you. And let me say that not my, my regret is not at what I didn't do in terms of my career and achievements and, and that kind of thing, because I, I did do all that I could do. But my own regret is personal, that sometimes when we're trying to create change, we do ourselves personally, our spirits, our physical health, our mental health, harm because we don't take care of ourselves because we're just busy trying to change the world. And so I would say to young people, you know, old people who are continuing to fight this battle to create change in the society, to make it a better place, that we take care of ourselves first so that in the process of trying to create change and the process of trying to fight the forces that do not want change, that we do not lose our power, right? Because often we become victims and then that gets perpetuated and then that goes into our head and then we do unhealthy things to to compensate or to comfort us. But as I say in the book, do find ways to find allies, to connect with spirit in whatever way you interpret that, so that in that process, you don't lose your power, because that's when the hurt comes in, and and then that kind of sucks power away from you being able to sustain this struggle, this effort for change, which is going to take a long time, you know? I can see myself 20 years still trying to do this, and 
It's not a weekend or a year or two years. This healing of this America right now that is so broken is going to take a long time. But I think it can happen. Maria Martin's last big podcast project was SOS Central America, produced by Latino Rebels Radio. Only one episode was released last June, focusing on the arrest of Guatemalan journalist José Rubén Zamora. Zamora's 2022 arrest is largely believed to be retaliatory by the previous regime for his coverage of government corruption in Guatemala. Prior to her death, Martin was seeking assistance from TPR in expanding SOS Central America into a limited series. Find a link to SOS Central America at tpr.org. And you'll find links to my previous interviews with Maria Martin at tpr.org. Thanks for joining us for Fronteras. Fronteras is produced by Norma Martinez and Marian Navarro. Our executive producer is Dan Katz. Our editor is Fernando Ortiz Jr. Charanga Cakewalk composed our theme music. Hear past episodes at tpr.org and on the Fronteras podcast. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio.